Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two what sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shout out to the world of podcasting. But we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. First off, as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man of the Mirror, our intro-outro music. Go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google. Google and Stitcher. You can hear our boys JD Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, happy to be back. Been a little bit since we've gotten on the airwaves here. A lot of stuff to get into, but uh, it's good. Good to re- re- recharge the batteries. I'll just let everybody know that I was on duty for work, like working alone the last two weeks. So appreciate your guys' patience. Ev, appreciate your patience and working on, on my busy schedule. Feels good to be back, and uh, obviously creates a lot of stuff that, like I said, we get to talk about. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it can be you know nice to to occasionally have a breather, and you know not that there's you know a uh, it's not been necessarily a slow news week in the world of sports, of course, but but it's uh, it does give us like you said a lot to talk about, and I mean we're we're coming fresh off the NFL schedule yesterday, which man. Uh, that is a drawn out process. And I think everyone is kind of in agreement that it's a drawn out process. I have a lot of fun with it. I really do have a lot of fun with the NFL schedule. Like it's, it's May dude. It's okay. We can like talk about football. It's, Mm -hmm. it's fine. Like it's, you know, whatever. But I do think that maybe the buildup starting like the previous weekend and then going all the way through Thursday, Eh, it might be a little much. Might yeah, little I, much. my my only my only critique of it is because I, I think there the the suspense of watching everything get released and the the he, the few leaks that come out here and there. I think that's that's good stuff. It keeps football fans, you, me, the rest of everybody out here listening, gives us entertained. It keeps us kind of pinned to the excitement that's building for the moment, but. I, I kind of get over it when, like, it, and we're going to get into this, like, when I'm w- watching Bill's Twitter and everybody's piecing together the schedule and all of a sudden my entire, like, half my Twitter feed basically is just a, a, a half-ass piece together schedule with all these games mumbo-jumboed and, like, these fake accounts are tweeting it this way. It's just, it, it, it becomes almost too too much to kind of divulge into. And there comes the point where I'm like, all right, let's get the real shit out here so I can go prepare myself for what's to come. I I, I think you after about three, four days of it, I was a little over it. But I, I also see where you're coming from. Yeah, like for me personally, I like football in the NFL enough that, you know, we can just do this every year for a whole week and I probably won't even be that mad. But, but it did get to a point where it's like, Tuesday or Wednesday, I was like, can we just, I just want to see it. Can we just do it now? Can we, whatever. And Dom, we do finally have it. Um, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're, you know, I, it, it's, you know, the, the opening games, you know, they kind of announced those like an hour or two before. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty fun opening game for your Buffalo Bills. They get to open the season, not just like on the first week of the season, but the Thursday night game, uh, playing the Rams. Is that in Buffalo? 
No, that's in L.A. So it's going to be an NBC right. kickoff Thursday night, 820, which God bless her not putting that game on Amazon Prime. Um, we're gonna As we get into the Jags schedule, you're going to hear me get very upset about Amazon Prime games. Uh, but, yeah, it is, it is awesome. It is, quite frankly, I think uh, a lot of fans would agree with most Bills fan statements. Uh, this is kind of the Super Bowl that everybody really thought was going to happen. I mean, you got to think to yourself that if – Buffalo doesn't blow that sh- the the thirteen second you know lead to Kansas City. Of course, you don't know what happens with Cincinnati, right? But I have a very good feeling that the Bills would have been able to beat Cincinnati and get into this game. I mean, everything that was trajecting in the path what we wanted was going to be in L.A. versus Buffalo Bills Super Bowl in Los Angeles. So finally, get to kind of get that monkey off our back in a sense. Uh, you know, Von Miller revenge game maybe. I love that angle. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start running with that. Uh, but overall, I mean, you you couldn't ask for it. I, I I don't know where the where the Rams odds are for the Super Bowl, Ev. But I do know one thing, and that's the Buffalo Bills are the down and out, and also NFL favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. So I mean, I, this potentially is a, a Super Bowl matchup that we could see, you know, months ahead of its time. Uh, they are the favorite, uh, but the down and out faithful should know that I do not control the books. Um, I look <laughs> in the books and then I see that the bills are minus 10,000 at, uh, for Super Bowl odds, which is pretty high. Um, now, uh, Dom, you know, week one, you know, before we kind of get into the bills and, uh, Jags, we're not going to go down the whole weeks or anything like that, but I do think that there's a couple more interesting games that we can kind of you know, go ahead and circle the schedule for, I mean, Chiefs Cardinals week one, that's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Buccaneers Cowboys Sunday night football, that's going to rock. Um, Broncos Seahawks Monday night football, you know, the first game in a Broncos jersey for uh, Russell Wilson is in Seattle, which that tells me that, yes, absolutely, the NFL schedule is being finalized in April. Yeah. Like, they are moving <laughs> shit around. They are absolutely writing the storylines as best as they can. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I, and here's the thing. if I, I, don't, I don't need the NFL to admit this. I was thinking the same exact thought you had, Ev. Own, like, I, I would love if they owned it, but I don't care because that's exactly what I want. I don't give a yeah. fuck. That's exactly yeah, what I awesome. want. Yeah, it's awesome. Chiefs, Cardinals, Buccaneers, Cowboys, Broncos, Seahawks, and Bills, Rams to open up the opening week. That's really, really good stuff. I mean, not to mention that you do have an AFC West matchup and the Raiders and Chargers. You know that's going to be fun. Um, Even something like Patriots-Dolphins. I mean, that's interesting for you as an AFC East, you know, team in the AFC East that you support. But also, it's like, okay, so are the Dolphins... Real enough to beat the Patriots, you know how much of a jump did they make? Yeah, um, no, I and, mean uh, it's it, 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 in in the East. It's who is going to maybe give the, who's who's going to knock on the Bills' door enough? You know, it's right. It's an interesting uh, matchup for sure. And then you know, in terms of you know what other you know, I mean, obviously you guys played through the AFC East uh, two times through, but you know what other games or what other weeks you know, Dom, that were were you know some Bills games that might have been. Popping off the page. Uh, I I get right to the the I we got to start week two because the Bills start with two back to back primetime games. You go Thursday, then you get the Titans home in Buffalo Monday Night Football. And the reason why this is so big is because I think the monkey on the Bills' back has been the fact that we cannot beat the Tennessee Titans. Whether we're home, away, it's always a primetime game. The last two seasons, it's been primetime. 
cannot get that monkey off our back. So I I, I, I like Tennessee. I think that's an immediate one that pops off the dome here. Uh, you get into the, the yearly matchup with Kansas City in Week 6. That's in Arrowhead. So, you know, great atmosphere. Just as good as Buffalo. Not as good, but just... Just knocking on the door of the atmosphere you'll get in Buffalo. Uh, looking through the rest of it, it you, coming off that bye week, you, we get Green Bay at home. First time getting to really Aaron cool. Rodgers at home. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Uh, that, yeah, the rest of it is kind of it's a little it's a little wishy washy up until because you're just knocking out like you know, Cleveland, Detroit. I don't think that kind of to me that doesn't pop off the page. Uh, yeah. You get you get your your divisional matchups with the Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. Week seventeen though is then the next point I would think after Green Bay, where my eyes are asphyxiated to, is because that's an at Paul Brown Stadium taking on the Bengals Monday Night Football, January second. Uh, that's going to kick ass because that again could quite frankly be the AFC Championship matchup. And as I'm as I said earlier in the podcast. That should have probably been the AFC Championship matchup from this past season. Well, what I was thinking about that too is that it's also there's uh, the the NFL will be rooting for maybe a couple losses uh, for the Bills and Bengals coming up to that point because I mean Week 17 there's a very real chance that the Bills have the AFC East locked up and the Bengals have the AFC North locked up. I mean you know they are good enough in their respective divisions that they could have already broken away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so, or, but at the end of the day, that could also be, that could very well be a fucking who's getting the bye, who's getting the bye week, you know? So there, there will probably still be something to play for there. Um, it is interesting that, you know, we got a lot of games on Christmas day this year. Uh, and by a lot, I mean three, but a full slate of Christmas day football is mm-hmm. uh, pretty tight. Um, Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, Bucks Cardinals, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. uh, I a- probably actually should even mention, too, they threw this Detroit game, actually, I guess, is somewhat significant for the Bills because they threw that on, uh, I think that's Thanksgiving. Has to be. Thanksgiving? You guys are going to Detroit for Thanksgiving? Yeah, uh, Thursday, yeah, November 24th, which is, yeah, that's uh, Thanksgiving Day. So, yeah, so I guess that, that's cool, too. But, yeah, three football games on Christmas. I think it's because everybody, the NFL sees how successful Thanksgiving football is, and it's like, well, let's see if we can compete with the NBA. And I'll tell you what, Ev, I'm probably more inclined to watch football on Christmas Day than I am the NBA. I don't really give a fuck about the NBA tradition. I'll probably watch football. Well, the NFL, I think, also is understanding, like, over time, they've more and more looked at December as, like, they were like, does anyone actually care about bowl season? Like, people watch bowl season, but if they had something better to watch, would they watch that instead? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. So, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, Christmas is on a Sunday. It's, you know, it's set up to work that way, but they put everyone on Saturday. You're going to get a Thursday night game uh, that week, and then you're also going to get the Monday night game. So you're going to have football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, all through that Christmas break, you know, when you're kind of just sitting on your ass, eating food and hanging with family. That's, uh, that's going to be a good time. And, Dom, that Thursday night game, December 22nd, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time in New Jersey, the New York Jets welcome the Jacksonville Jaguars. Holy as, fucking, what a, pr- oh my God, what a premier matchup. For the second straight year, the Jaguars will be playing <laughs> the Jets on the road, which is like, I don't I don't Why? know how the NFL schedule works in that way, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so, sure, 
Um, <laughs> playing the Jets again in uh, New Jersey. We lost there last year. And we basically also played on pretty much the same. We played on December 28th last year. So very similar deal. Again, it's going to be cold as shit. Night game. Um, that is the Jags' only primetime game of the year because that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, um, you know, we are now going on 11 seasons without a Monday night football game. I think it's eight seasons without a Sunday night football game. Um, yeah, so that's fun. I was hoping that maybe this year would be different, but since last year wasn't different, like last year with Urban Meyer's hype coming in and Trevor Lawrence, if there was ever a time that the Jags would just get thrown primetime games, even mm-hmm. though they're not any good, it was last year. Yeah. This well, I, was, year, I was about to say, it's like the, the, just the, the gravitational factor of getting someone to tune in and see that, even if the Jags, like, we you know, finished the way they did, right? Like, I, I agree with you. Like that, that would have pulled some eyes for sure. This season, uh, I kind of understand, not, not so much. The draw just isn't there. Yeah, I mean, it's just not uh, it's just not the same. I mean, Doug Peterson is an exciting addition, and the Jags, you know, do have Trevor Lawrence, but they're going to have to prove it. You know, they're going to have to work their way into a Sunday night spot. Um, you know, to quickly run down the Jags' schedule, uh, they open with the Commanders on the road, uh, and then they take on the Colts at home, which it's worth remembering that uh, the, those two games are interesting for multiple reasons. Jags have not lost to the Colts at home since 2014. Spoiled, spoiled the playoff chances last year, too. And they beat Carson Wentz in the last game of last year. Their first game this year will be against Carson Wentz in Washington, uh, which is kind of funny. I, um, I'm just going to give you a moment of solidarity here. Just going to re- reach across like the aisle. I guess there's not really one between Bills and Jags fans, but I just want you to know, as a Carson Wentz not fan, please pummel his ass week one. I will be, it would be such very a Jags funny. fan. It would be very funny if he had like another nightmare performance uh, with his new team against the Jaguars. Um, those are two winnable games. Jags fans are going to be looking at that like, okay, well, if we, you know, 2-0 and is kind of like not the expectation by any means, but if we want to be serious this season, you kind of need to go win those games because then they got to go on the road to the Chargers. They got to go on the road to the Eagles. That'll be fun. You know, Doug Peterson return game, right. October 2nd. Um, you know, those are going to be tough road trips. Good measuring then, stick of how good the Eagles will be at that point, too. You know, I think I think a lot of people are thinking that's the team who's going to win the NFC East. But I'll be very curious to see. It's like, okay, just because we're talking about the Jags, it's like, okay, are the Jags taking on a 2-1 a and one Eagle team, a 3-0 and oh Eagle team, or a 1-2 and two Eagle team at that point? Yeah, who are we seeing? Um, and then Texans, Colts, that's boring. Giants at home, kind of boring too. Uh, Broncos in London, um, I will go ahead and say I am attending that game. I am planning on going to London and uh, and trying to uh, attend that game. It's at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> Your second home field. Your second, second home, home city. Second home field. Uh, it will be very cool to see Russell Wilson in a Broncos jersey. It would be even cooler to see the Jags win in England. Uh, then they come back. Uh, they go Raiders, Chiefs. They go basically. They do Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs three straight weeks. Um, Chiefs game is at Arrowhead. I would love to go to that. Uh, Ravens, Lions, Titans, Cowboys, Jets, Texans, Titans. So um, you know, there's some interesting matchups here. That Cowboys home game. You can bet your your ass I'll be there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be cool. I really want to go up that following Thursday to that Jets game. I was talking about that would be a lot of fun too. So a pretty boring schedule overall. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, there's some interesting stuff going on there. Um, 
you know, it's it's that's kind of the beauty, though, is that, you know, we uh, there will absolutely be games that matter that we have no clue that they will matter until like August or September or October. Yeah, of course. You know, of course. I mean, it's that's uh, that's going to be awesome. Um, if you, you had know, to, if you had to say Ev, what would be like, just quit. I don't know if you've thought of this yet. What is the I in your best estimate? And this could even be your best case scenario. What do you see the Jags record being? And possibly if you've gotten to look at this and kind of analyze the games a little bit. Um, you know, I would say, man, this is tough. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go week by week real quick. I'll make this really fast. One and oh, two and oh, two and one, two and two, three and two, three and three, uh, four and three, four and four. Four and five, four and six, four and seven, five and seven, five and eight, five and nine, six and nine, seven and nine, seven and ten. So that's like about what I was thinking. I was shooting. I've been saying all year, you know, since the end of last season, basically, that they need to be shooting for seven wins. Mm -hmm. So that would work out. That yeah, I don't. Sense. I don't think you're. I was kind of going down there. I, th I, mind. I had one game different. I think you. Uh, I think you gave them a win against the the Cowboys. I think. Or, yeah, I threw it. I threw yeah, it I. I had a Cowboys. loss there. Um, just because. So six and eleven. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think that's out of the realm too. Uh, I definitely think this isn't like that year, like last year, where the 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 Jags beat the Texans. I think you guys soundly defeat Houston two years, uh, both times in a row. Because uh, now, now it's like okay, yo, you have some pieces, you brought some talent back. Like J the Jacksonville at least should be trending upwards. And I, I guess as, as a longtime Bills fan who has been in similar situations, it's about all you can root for. So I appreciate your optimism. Yeah, um, that's a uh, that's all you can really hope for, Dom. Um, I did pull up a list of the toughest NFL schedules based on you know what we're seeing right now. Um, number one, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, opposing win percentage in 2021 was uh, 500 and you know point five one two, so over 500. Um, yeah, that sounds like it's going to be tough. Yep. Um, and then uh, you know, I mean, obviously rolling in with Kenny Pickett and Trubisky, you know, no one's really expecting huge things out of the Steelers this year. Yeah, just um, a, it's, it's such a transitional year for Pittsburgh. You know, you, you you would I think you put a lot of at least for me, I, I put a lot of solace and and some confidence in just. Uh, their organization, <laughs> excuse me, and just, you know, how they can, how Mike Tomlin is as a coach and how they can adapt. But I, I, I think if you're looking at, like, a, a team who probably misses out on the playoffs that you're used to seeing there, Pittsburgh's probably one of my top choices. And then the hardest schedule thing only kind of quantifies that, that decision. Yeah. Number two is actually who I thought was going to be number one. I thought it was either going to be this team or an AFC West team. Mm -hmm. But number two is the Cardinals. Um, you know, playing in the NFC West, that's a bitch. I mean, I guess you could put the Seahawks here too. Um, but that's a, that's a tough division to play in. No shocker there. Number three is the Jets, um, which, you know, you got to play the Patriots twice, got to play the Bills twice. The Dolphins might be good this year. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Rams are number four. Um, and then Chiefs. Okay, so number five through number eight on NFL.com's list are all four AFC West teams. Mm -hmm. Five, six, seven, eight. Well, and, I, and that goes to show that's the best conference or the best division yeah. in football. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a given. Browns are number nine, and the Bengals are number 10. AFC North coming in there uh, with three out of the four teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – there's, there's there's no schedule, though, this year that I think a lot of... Some years, you know, like, you know, they'll just be like, oh, my God, did you guys see the, you know, did you see the Vikings schedule this year? And it's like every team that they play out of division is, you know, somebody that made the playoffs or was contending or whatever. Right. It doesn't seem like anybody really got this, that level of, like, fucked this year. But, um, but you know, definitely going to be, you know, it's going to be... There's going to be someone, you know, I mean, someone in the AFC West, someone in the NFC West especially, you know, when you have to play that many tough teams, someone's something's got to give, and it's just going to be a matter of, okay, who gives, you know? Yep. No, absolutely. Who's the team under 500 halfway through the season that we just did not expect? But uh, we will have to wait a summer to get to that. Fortunately, Dom, we do have sports going on in the meantime, such as the NBA. Oh, it's good stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, yeah, it's... It has been just a, a great past couple of days, but even stretching into last weekend, uh, I, I, I guess we'll just kick things off with the matchups that started on Wednesday and leading up to this. Like Bucks celtics I'm going to start there because that Wednesday night matchup, watching the Celtics blow it, beautiful, beautiful stuff to my eyes. Just as a Lakers fan, love to see it. Love Jason Tatum to death. Think That guy is so goddamn special. But, man, was it fun to see the Celtics blow that to Giannis and the Bucks. And you bring that game six back to Milwaukee, and I believe that is tonight. Yeah, back, yeah, back in Milwaukee for game six tonight, a 7.30 tip-off on ESPN. I have a hard, <clears throat> hard time believing that the Bucks do not see this as a must-win opportunity because I would hate to watch this go back to Celtic or go back to Boston in game seven with Boston having the chip on their shoulder because that Game 5 loss hurts. That was all Boston, had it under control the entire way, and then they blew it. So if, if you're a Bucks fan, if you're just someone who, who pulls for the Bucks, this it has to be tonight. And by all means, the way Giannis is playing, the dude dropped 40 and 11 on Wednesday night. If, if you're feeling good about the Bucks, feel even better with the way Giannis is playing. Because he's outscoring Jason Tatum, which is the key, the key to victory over the Boston Celtics. Meanwhile, in the West, uh, Wednesday night, Ev, holy shit! I went right when you thought the old Warriors were gonna come back and just absolutely just make us all so miserable watching like them run away with it. <coughs> the Memphis Grizzlies decided to open up a can of big ol' whoop ass, and they woke up apparently won 134 to 95 to keep themselves out of elimination. Golden State still in the lead in that series, 3-2. They're going back to Golden State, so they're going to be back in Oracle tonight as well uh, to hopefully wrap up that series there too. But keeping themselves alive, and I, I, I think... It's, it, a, it's a, you know, it's a, the, the, the opposing <clears throat> soldier is raising the gun to your head to execute you, and you, like, mm -hmm. give him the middle finger. Basically. You know? And I, you inspire everyone when you do it. It was, like, a really wild performance. I mean, especially, you know, that, like, you know, I mean, they scored 42 in the third is what I'm seeing. I didn't actually get to watch the game. But I did remember being on Twitter last night and seeing everyone being like, so the Grizz just put up, like, 75 points or 77 points in, you know, a half without Ja Morant. Like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, it, that's, <laughs> it, actually, it starts to make you think. It's like, wait, where has this been with Ja? It's like, exactly. now you're like, hot take is Ja 
out of Memphis is Jaw on the hot seat. <laughs> Are they better without Jaw? That's the the column. But um, no, they're not better without Jaw. And that is probably since the last time we talked in the pod, the saddest thing that's happened in the playoffs is just that Jaw's out. Um, and uh, it, it, it's. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not talking about narratives. I'm not talking about whatever, but it is starting to become a thing with him of like his health is like becoming a kind of a regular concern, you know, in terms of can he play a full NBA season and the playoffs? He's yet to do it, you know? I mean, and in the playoffs, man, shit is harder. Like that was something that I was actually talking about with my dad that I didn't really, you know, it didn't really come to my mind, but he was like, think about it, dude. Like they get hurt in the regular season and the comments about the NBA, the thought of the NBA during the regular season is that things are a bit more loose, a little more soft. You know, it's like nobody wants to hurt each other, you know, just trying to get through the season and the playoffs, you know, it's like you die for the 50 fifties. You, you, Mm -hmm. you, you hurt that guy, you know, you go for it. So it's a, it is wildly, wildly unfortunate considering how good jaw has been. Um, but you know, I mean, that's the thing is that we could be talking about the Grizzlies being eliminated and where they go from here, but instead we're saying, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they do. You know, they got some more Memphis magic. Uh, but you know, they're gonna have to do it in or in Oracle, which is uh, not gonna be easy. I Loki also think like just for the city of Memphis, because like they don't have that much to like kind of hang their hat on, and right. like I, I can I can get behind that. I don't know if you've I've driven through Memphis on my way moving here. I don't know. If oh, you've I've, to spend I've spent time a lot Memphis. of time in Memphis. Yeah, yeah see, seems like everything I've heard seems like a great city. Oh, Memphis rocks, dude. I genuinely think Memphis is super cool. I mean, it's got some edge to it, but that's part of the reason why I dig it. Like to me, Memphis is the edgy version of Nashville. Like they're mm-hmm. both hardcore focused on music, both boast these like downtowns that are like filled with, you know, casual live music venues and drinking and partying scenes and stuff. And then, you know, they, they, they don't have the pro sports history like neither town really does, like between the Grizzlies and the Titans. Mm-hmm. But what they do have is like a, a, you know, a culture that Tennessee, you know, they care about their sports, you know, it's the South. Yep. So, um, you know, uh, credit to the Grizz. Hope they can uh, pull that off, um, or you know, or at least make us go to Game Seven. You know, I mean, the the, the Warriors are the better team, so you do want to see them advance at the end of the day. But um, you know, the 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 Grizz aren't going down without a fight. Um, Dom, other than those games, I mean, the other series that's uh, kind of popping right now is. The Heat and Sixers, I mean, they're just throwing haymakers at each other right now. Uh, Heat won on Tuesday, go up uh, 3-2. Um, but probably the most notable thing I I, uh, I, I I mentioned to Dom before the podcast is Jimmy Butler throwing some serious shots at his former team. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the locker room, he was filmed uh, kind of loudly saying, Tobias Harris over me. Uh, for anyone not informed, Tobias Harris is a starting <laughs> guard uh, for the 76ers. That was kind of the replacement for Jimmy Butler when he left Philadelphia a few years back. Um, man, I mean, Jimmy didn't even have like, I mean, he had a good night, you know, a 23.9 rebound, six assists night. But, I mean, it, it is so clear that the Heat, like that game, that series means the world to them. And, you know, I mean, when you're seeing like James Harden struggle like he is right now, I mean, it kind of feels like the series is closer than it deserves to be. Well, and then you fast forward to Thursday night. Jimmy does get the ultimate revenge on on uh, uh, Tobias Harris, and then pulls out. He flips that twenty three around to a thirty two, drops thirty two, and the Heat sink the ship in Philadelphia and send yeah. them packing home. So there we go, a ninety nine ninety win 
in Thursday. But I, I going back to that, you're right, on that Tuesday game, which set it. I, I think everything with the Jimmy and Tobias thing with, with Joel Embiid just it, – it, it clearly it, – it sucked he got injured. The concussion yeah. sucked. Everything about it was tough. But the way everything was set up to get to this point, I would have been very hard-pressed to see that go to a seven. It just it felt like Miami finally was ready to just put the clamp down and made it happen, and that's exactly what they did Thursday. I and will, I, uh, oh, good. Uh, and I, I I will say I I I agree. Like it, it also does suck. It couldn't go to seven because though like that that was fun. Like it's not even like the great basketball, right? But like you said, it them jawing at each other, the 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 little the bickering, the fighting, the off the court stuff. That is also like as just an NBA fan, what I love as well about watching the emotions. And I think that goes back to the point you made is, you know, this is serious now. Guys are not here just to kind of get through the season, go through the motions, don't get hurt. This means everything to these players here and and that's what you love to see and that's why the emotions you know can get carried away and that's why they're exemplified and and I absolutely will go and hang my hat on that every single game I get to watch it is unfortunate that we aren't seeing game seven but the Heat are the better team they're the better team in this series they're they're honestly probably the best team in the east that we have just constantly have to go under the radar so I'm happy that they are kind of like how you were saying you know we hope that Golden State is a team that moves on I can I can hang my or I can be happy if the Heat get there and they did and they are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. My goodness. Um, yeah, it's uh they're 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 a fun ass team, man. I mean they are built to be fun. Jimmy Butler is fun. Uh, Bam Adebayo is fun. Uh, Tyler Hero, Sixth Man of the Year, fun. I will say this: Joel Embiid did deserve the MVP. I am in the party. I like Jokic a lot, and Jokic had another great season. That if I, I think what I'm prescribing to is this. There's a lot of people saying, you know, Kevin Durant said this, you know, if it's back-to-back MVPs, that second MVP needs to be like, like it has to be a better season. It has to be like a step up. Then in quality of season, which is kind of what Jokic did. Jokic mm-hmm. basically did the same season twice, which is fantastic. That's like a compl- massive praise should be given to that. That being said, Embiid had a better season than he did last year and still didn't win the MVP. I mean, he's uh, he's deserving, and it is a shame that uh, you know that anybody had to lose the MVP between those two. But but again, I mean, I, I think Embiid was that guy um, and and deserved it. Um, you know, meanwhile, uh, Mavs tying it up last night, beating the Suns to a pulp, one thirteen to eighty six. Um, they go back to uh, Phoenix now. Um, for game seven, uh, Luca had 33, 11 rebounds and eight assists last night. Uh, had a just a pretty monstrous series in general. Uh, shocker that you know Luca yeah, right. when he's playing is is you know arguably the best player on the court. Um, so that's really exciting. I mean, this could be the Luca moment. Is kind of what I was what I was thinking about the other day or thinking about last night after I saw the score was that if. Luca, if they can go to Phoenix and win, and it's like a Luca, you know, forty point game, you know, he, he goes off. This could be the the moment, you know, like because, I mean, from there, you know, I feel like don't be wrong, the there's still gonna be a lot of tough teams to play. But if the the Mavs can beat the Suns, they can beat the Warriors, they can beat the Bucks, they can beat the Heat. I mean, they can beat all those teams. Mm-hmm. I and, and listen, <clears throat> as a Luca stand. 
absolutely going to get behind seeing Luka get get into the into big games in the Western Conference Finals. And I, I feel for Chris Paul. I feel for the Suns fans because you're just like, man, what are we doing wrong? Why does it always fall apart in the playoffs? I don't know, and that sucks because you're running out of opportunities. And I, I, I don't feel bad. I, 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 or I, I feel bad, but I won't feel bad. Is what I meant to say. I'm, I'm gonna not. It's like the boy who cries wolf. Like I, I can get behind the sympathy train for Chris Paul not getting a ring year after year of the Suns being the best team in the NBA out of the regular season. But there's gonna come a point where I'm like, well, you had, like, you had it. You had your shining opportunities, and you blew it. And Listen, no one has had worse injury luck and, and inconsistencies in the playoffs so far this year than the Phoenix Suns. But that's that's part of the struggle. That's part of the, the things you have to work around in the playoffs. So there there will come a point probably next season if this happens again where I'm going to look at Phoenix and be like, y'all are on your own. Like, you, you got to figure this shit out because you can't <laughs> let's, let's be real too it's like as much as i you know we like luka the mavs are not the better team like i know they no. have some good supporting pieces but the suns should have taken care of them in six or less not even a question <laughs> like it should have been and i don't care how where the injuries or the consistencies are the suns should have easily have taken care of, of dallas i think in five you know I, I i'm surprised that they that they didn't but here we are well, that's the thing with the Suns, right, is that they struggled in the first round, too. I mean, they they have not quite been the – they were, I mean, leagues better than they were – last year they were leagues better in the playoffs. Like, their run to the finals, I mean, they were, I mean, unbelievable to watch, you know, on that stretch. Um, so – yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's some questions, some concerns there. I mean, even if they beat the Mavs, you know, I think the Suns, for being what they're supposed to be, you know, a team with 64 wins and, you know, 18 losses, um, you know, even going into the Western Conference Finals, if they're playing, you know, if they're – if or in the finals. I mean, they. I, I think coming into the playoffs, they were kind of my the best team in the playoffs. Now I'm not so sure. Now I'm like, shit, the Bucks could do it again. I mean, Dom, we are kind of shaping up to get Bucks, Bucks, Suns again, which would be wild when you think about the history of those two teams, when you think about the NBA, mm-hmm. when you think about big markets, to get Phoenix, Milwaukee back to back years. I mean, that's uh that's insane. Uh but we are we it's very much on the cards again. Um so I wouldn't I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain about it. Oh, I wouldn't be mad anymore. about it. I wouldn't be mad about it. But I'm just saying it is interesting, you know. I mean those are two teams that had the Suns ever been to the NBA Finals before last year. Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. I actually have. I have not. Not a clue. Uh, I, could not, I, I don't know. Well, so all the years because I know they all they on NBA on TNT they always fuck with Charles Barkley about him not having the ring, which makes me think that he they may have gotten to an NBA title but didn't. They uh they went to the NBA Finals in 1975 and 1976. And in 1993. So, uh, uh, so 93 was the year they lost to the Bulls. That was one of the yeah. years. Okay. Yeah, So, because Barkley never got his ring. Right. They won three or, no, only two division titles with Barkley, which is kind of interesting. Um, but, uh, that West, yeah. West was also insane in the 90s, too. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, so, so yeah, that was their third, no, technically only their third ever trip to the NBA Finals. And for the Bucks, I mean, I just want to know now. I mean, we're doing this isn't you know the most interesting uh, 
uh, uh, podcasting material. But hey, you're learning with us. We're about to go to the cash grab. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. In a second. Uh, that was the Bucks' second NBA Finals victory. They won in '71. Um, and it was their third trip to the finals total, their first since 74. So, I mean, this is not, these are two teams that, you know, for the better part of the past 25 years, I mean, when we were kids, like, you know, I'm trying to think when we were kids, like the Suns were kind of interesting, right? Like Amari Stoudemire and, and, you know, uh, Steve Nash. Yeah. They had, they they had some moments for sure. Then they became a laughing stock. Like we, we've seen the highs and the lows definitely in our lifetime. Struggle years, yeah, for sure. And then the Bucks, I mean, were pretty irrelevant for the majority of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. so it's just interesting. In. You know, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things where it's really easy to be like, well, I don't want the same thing again. But sometimes, you know, you still have to go macro and realize, like, no matter what, this is still rare. Like, this is still different and new and, and kind of fun. So yeah, um, what's also I- fun is being rich, Dom. It absolutely is. It is great to be rich. And you know what it is, Ev? It's great to have good sponsors like our friends over at Anchor. You're going to hear from them in a second because we're going to go to the cash grab. But when we come back, we've got baseball. We've got a little soccer, a little bit of twist and turn. We can't wait to bring it all to you. But we'll be right back when Down and Out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway, and we go to the MLB. Ev, before we get into any of these teams here, uh, specifically, I want to talk about a uh, certain player that I think everybody should be fired up to see kind of returning to his old form. And listen, I, I don't know, un- unless you're a diehard Chicago Cubs fan or a team is in the NL Central, you shouldn't have a problem with this. But Ev, Christian Yellick is starting to kind of get back to that 2019 like peak MVP season form. And I'll tell you what, with the amount of faces that we have in baseball, it is great to see Christian Yellick trying to make himself relevant again because that is only going to make everything better. Because not, not only is Milwaukee you know, in charge and kind of doing exactly what they did last year in the NL Central, but now you're going to get the, the fireworks from Christian Yellick again. Yeah, get inject all that shit into my veins. I'm so ready. Yeah, this is uh, this is. I'll put it this way: it's it's a, it's a cliche sentence to say, but it's it's always valid, and we love using it. Blank is better when blank is playing, mm-hmm. and baseball is better when Christian Yelich is playing well. Um, the Brewers, you know, the Brew Crew, they, you know, they they've they've. It's been interesting. They've kind of 
continued their success that they had in 2018 and 2019, which were on the backs of Christian Yelich winning the MVP in 2018 and then finishing second in 2019. You know, uh, they're they're at 20 and 12 to start this year. They're off to you know another kind of hot start. Um, they actually play uh, Yelly's old team in the Miami Marlins today and this weekend. Um, so that's kind of fun there. Uh, which this uh, marks the season that uh, Yelich will have spent uh, just as much time in Milwaukee as he did in Miami, which feels weird. It feels like he wasn't in Miami that long. No, not uh, not much. I honestly, to be honest with you, I've, like I like I obviously remember him being in Miami. But it just—it felt like a like snap of the finger, like he was gone and he was in Milwaukee. Yeah, well, he had—he basically had two good seasons in Miami, and it was yeah, and it was like okay, let's go. Um, and then 2018 happens, and he wins the MVP. Um, you know, 36 home runs, one dot OPS on the on the mark, 326 average. You're like, holy fuck, <laughs> this guy is absurd. Uh, and then he proceeded to basically better the, the season the next year. I mean, he had 44 home runs uh, the next season. He played less games, but he had a 1.1 OPS. He had a higher – he almost hit the same amount of war in less games um, and, uh, you know, was just an un- insane player of those two seasons. And then I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know what happened, Dom, but anyone can tell you that has watched uh, Christian Yelich over the past two years. He has not been the same player. I mean – Dude is uh, his average over those two seasons is uh, basically like a 227. Mm-hmm. Uh, his OPS is like a 750, which a 750 is still above the league average, but it's not very good at all for a guy that's a former MVP. Um, and then now we're here. Uh, I know that was a lot of background. A lot of people know who Christian Yelich is, but some people may not realize the context we're talking about this. My man is off to a good start. Why I want to talk about this is that he's not at a one-dot OPS. He's not having a Juan Soto-type start to the season or what have you, but he's at a very steady uh, 8.84 OPS. He's got five home runs. He's got 20 RBIs. That's a lot of RBIs. And most importantly, he's uh, he's got that uh, that walk percentage back up. He's walking about a tenth of the time um, on OBP at 356, average at 259. You know, that's always a good look there. Um and my man hit for the cycle last night. That's the third cycle of his career, second with the Brew Crew. Um, all three of his cycles have come against the Cincinnati Reds, which is no very, shit. Have they yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, and that's just even funnier because the the Reds is like that. That's a quick. The side Reds are tangent. having the are, the Reds are making. You know, we can talk about the Reds for a second too. The Reds are making the case for the worst team in baseball history. They are going to try. Like they are. They are. I easily... want them to own it. I want them to like own it. You remember, like we're, we, we're, I know we're gonna segue back to a little bit like the NBA talk, but like remember like when the Suns were like cr- like barely edged out like 10, 11 wins a couple seasons ago. Like I want the I want the Reds to win no more than thirty two games this season. Well, they started three and twenty. So they were off to a really good start. <laughs> um, they have been. Uh, 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 they are actually, I believe, six and four over their last. T- so they're starting to get it together. Boo! Come on, Reds, just lose a billion games. Mm-hmm. We want you guys to lose 120 games. Yeah, I, I hate seeing um, they have a win streak. That just, that should not exist with them right now. Absolutely. Yeah, they uh, they're starting to slowly turn it around. Um, but yeah, the Brew Crew are on top, and uh, Yelich being good goes a long way for that fucking team. I mean, that team has an amazing roster. Yelich has to be that guy. I mean, Yelich has to be their Aaron Judge or their, you know, Mookie Betts or their Juan Soto or their Bryce Harper. 
um, which leads us to an unfortunate update. I mean, I'm a Braves fan, so of course I don't want to see the Phillies too well, but we never cheer for injury. Bryce Harper uh, out for probably something close to like two months. Um, he can't even throw for four weeks. So I mean, yeah, it's uh, the it, it's a UCL UCL yeah. tears that yeah that's uh God that's a like that that is an injury like if it happens and it, obviously again we don't root for injuries it sucks because Bryce is such uh, a staple in the game but like if that happens to somebody from the Braves or the Angels like that is the the heart drops to your stomach feeling. It's, it, yeah. it sucks because it's obvious yeah. it's not it's not career ending it's not season ending but like you know just how like you it, you cannot force the or rush the comeback like that has to take its time and its due diligence and this isn't the time of the year where you want to fall off the wagon you know because let's just be real that NL East Evan you know this from being a Braves fan that is this that is a division where you cannot tail off on a losing streak because you will find yourself quickly seven to eight to ten games back in the snap of a finger absolutely uh you know so in speaking of the nl east and speaking of you know winning streaks losing streaks the mets continue to lead the nl east they're cooling down a little bit they're six and four in their last 10 um you know after just what so if they were six and four in their last 10 that means they were 16 and seven in their first you know in the games before that so they're cooling down a little bit uh they are still got they still have the best record in the nl as uh does the other new york team has the best record in the al uh the yankees are 23 and 8 8 and 2 in their last 10 um just ah Damn I mean, it, dude! They look they look special. The stinks, um, the stinks so much. So Aaron Judge, much. Aaron Judge with the walk off home run, um, uh, on that uh, first game against the Blue Jays. That was his first ever walk off home run, which feels like a lie. You would think, yeah, like, honestly though, you'd think like I. It feels like we've seen Aaron Judge hit a bunch of walk offs, but I guess you know he's and he's had walk offs, but they've all been doubles, singles, you know, whatever. Um, so. Um, you know, Yankees uh, continuing to whatever. So what's funny about that is that that's basically the exact same thing we were saying last week when we recorded. The other thing we mentioned was that everyone in the NL West was at 500 or better. Guess what? Everyone in the NL West is still at 500 or better a week later. Yeah. Um, Rockies, D-backs, 17 and 15 and 16 and 15. Giants at 19 and 12. Padres at 20 and 12. Uh, Dodgers at 20 and 10. Hey, I want to say something. You know what's actually kind of scary? The Padres. Yeah. The Padres are very quietly going like, oh, yeah, we're going to have like a good record, and then Tatis is going to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tatis is coming well, back in like a right. few I weeks. Even, I, I forgot about that, too. They, I, I said this before the season started. I said, hey, Padres just need to be thinking, how close can we stay to 500 before Tatis gets back? Mm-hmm. They come back, and they're something like eight, nine, ten games over 500. Shit, dude. They're going to be just as much, you know, ready to race uh, as anybody. Uh, I am recording in Atlanta right now, and the Padres are in town. We will see if I go to the game on Sunday. Joe Musgrove is pitching for well, the Padres. And, and, and I'll um, tell you, Ev, you, you know what's helped the Padres is this other superstar on this team. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Manuel Machado, or Manny, as we like to call him. Looking like he's 25 again. Holy, oh, I mean, man. he's batting 383, seven dingers, 22 ribbies, an OBP of 460, 
and a 46 hit mark. He's the, he is the team leader in all the major hitting statistical categories. Not to mention Eric Hosmer is putting together a 367 average. That's like peak Kansas City Royal Eric Hosmer that comes up in my in my nightmares because Eric Hosmer is a big reason why the Royals as a wild card team beat the MLB's best team in 2014 LA Angels in the first round of the wild card playoffs. It's because Eric Hosmer went the fuck off and that's why I hate Eric Hosmer so much. It's also, it's one of those things where Eric Hosmer is, and, and, and I mean, I could literally record a podcast. It's just about those Royals teams in 2013, 2014. Um, I know they broke your heart, Dom, but I mean, they're just the most interesting championship winning team in baseball over the past like two decades. But um, Eric Hosmer, man, that is a dude that got the big paycheck and was expected to put up the big numbers. You know, we're talking 850 OPS. We're talking, you know, one of the best second or first basemen in the league is what he was being paid for. And he sucked, dude. Yeah. The past two years, 2020-21, awful. And it was my awesome. man. <laughs> my man was pretty much expected to be traded before the season started. Yeah. He was linked to the Mets and the Cubs all fucking offseason. The, the Mets went with, uh, you know, some other routes, and so did the Cubs. But... Sticks around and is now being, I mean, him and Machado are carrying that team offensively, really. I mean, mm-hmm. other guys are doing okay. Like, Jerkson Profar was actually having a really good season. Um, I like that guy a lot. I like Profar a lot. Um, yeah. Great defensive uh, uh, outfielder. And then, like, now he's starting to hit. So, well, that's scary. And the thing is, like, I think Hosmer felt that pressure, though, because yeah. – and, and one thing that I forgot, too, until I looked up their, their their stats here is that quietly – you remember Luke Voigt came over on that three-way trade, I think, that the Yankees and the Padres made with another team. It was some trade where I remember Luke Voigt going to San Diego, and I think, like, Hosmer saw the writing on the wall, was like, okay, this is the guy who will come in. Steal my job if I'm not if I'm not there. And thankfully, Ev, Luke Voigt is having a, a disastrous start to his season. One eighty four yeah, average his, with like well, I think uh, nine hits. Not yeah, good. he had he had his first home run of the season I think on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, not great for a guy that you know led uh, the MLB twenty twenty season. You know in home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know tough for him. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you know AL Central is kind of just up for grabs i mean the twins are two games ahead at 18 and 14 but the guardians and white Sox are both at 15 and 15 the royals are 10 and 19 but they could put together a you know a couple good series and be right there the tigers wanted to be good this year they told people that they might be good this year they are not good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're not. They're not very good at all. It's actually very funny, Ev. Is like because the Reds have started to put it together. The Tigers are actually looking. Um, they're the, almost the worst team in the MLB, which is amazing because how bad the Reds are. So yeah, they 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 wanted to be good this year. And then they pulled the biggest April Fool's prank uh, on their entire fan base. And I have a good buddy who's a Tigers fan who is just his life is in shambles because all season, all off season long, he talked up the the Tigers and how well they're going to do this year and, and Mickey's possible last season and everything they were going to do for him. Yeah, well that that went down the shitter real quick. Uh, yeah, not especially great for them. Um, 
you know, that's the thing is like, don't get me wrong. I like Javi Baez. He's an amazing defensive shortstop and a very clutch guy. Mm-hmm. Just that's what he is, is clutch. He is not going to be a guy that, you know, day in, day out gets you hits, gets you home runs. So they've got some stuff to do. But, you know, the Tigers, they knew they knew it was a building year. And and, uh, you know, I mean, that's a good start to the investment. Um, you know, your your Angels are six and four in the past ten. It's not like they've really done too bad over this stretch, but the Astros have won ten straight. Um, they've uh, they've really turned it on um, in pretty much all facets of their game. Uh, the rest of the ASC or the I mean the AL West is uh, under five hundred. <laughs> the, the AFC, um, what the Broncos all of a sudden open up a three game series with the Angels. Russell Wilson, like, baby, he's a, yeah. he's famously almost played you know baseball, but yeah, uh, it, it's listen and, and like I. The Angels were a situation, and we talked about this, I think, two podcasts ago, or maybe it was in the last one, we talked about the Angels getting hot when they rallied off about six, seven wins in a row. It was just situational. They caught the right teams. I mean, the Astros got a big sweep that kicked it off with the Mariners last week. Then the Astros, uh, a winner of circumstance, they they beat up on the, the, the ailing Tigers. And honestly, other than their, I actually shouldn't say beat up, a 3-2 win, a 3-2 win, a 3-2 win, then a 5 nothing win. So, I mean, the Astros just hang hung on by dear life over the Tigers at home in that four-game series, rebounded, went to Minnesota, and beat, and then they beat the fuck up on the Twins. So, while, while it is, like, record-wise, I'm, like, pissed that the Astros are up there, I had this panic moment last night when I looked at it, but just because I knew we would talk about it on the podcast, I went back and looked at this, and I was like, okay— Kind of just, uh, you know, they were the on the right side of circumstance. So while the Astros are good and while they're they're rallying right now, I will be curious to see how long they can hold this together for. Yeah, uh, same. I mean, they were they had the slow start. I think they'll still have. I I still I don't think. I mean, who knows? This could just be you know the beginning of. Oh wait, the Astros are just fine. They're just as good as they were. Right. Um, I think you know they're maybe just a little bit more streaky in nature. Um, yeah, uh, just wanted to, you know, I also before we move on from the MLB, pulled up a couple, you know, like, you know, league leader stats that I thought were interesting. Um, Aaron Judge with 11, Jordan Alvarez with 10 home runs, um, Giancarlo Stanton and Rizzo with nine, and Mike Trout with nine. That's your top five. Three of the top five are Yankees. Yeah, I was about to say, um, oh my God. Oh, That's man. the it's the it's it's funny because you would think Gallo would be that, but Gallo has one home run this year. Has really really struggled. Um, uh, one of I think it's you know I I know fuck the Strohs or whatever, but part of the reason why the Strohs have been so good is. Justin Verlander's back, and he's got a 1.5 ERA. Yeah, he's um, he's dumb. He's dumb nice again. Like he's just he 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 just went back in the time vault and was like, actually, I'm gonna resurrect like middle of my career kind of things going right now. Um, Jose Ramirez, J Ram, leading the league in uh, RBIs. So uh, put some respect on my man's name. Um, I think Jose Ramirez always deserves more respect. So happy uh, that he's he's had such a hot hot start to the season. Nolan Arenado has been absolutely buck wild this year as well. I think he's batting somewhere in the three twenties, three thirties at this point, and I mean he looks like Colorado Arenado. Um, uh, yeah, and then I mean yeah, Manny Machado leads the league in hits. So there you yeah. go, dude. It's killer. Ooh. Also, again, I know it's a rival of y'all's, but man, if you have not watched Julio Rodriguez play baseball for the Seattle Mariners, highly recommend it. 
really fucking fun. Dude leagues, uh, dude leads the league uh, in uh, steals. Um, not the best hitter, not a power hitter, only has the one home run, but uh, has five doubles already. Uh, ten, you know, ten steals. It's just a fast. You know, like fun guy to watch defensively and offensively, not kind of your typical, um, you know, modern day player, more of an old school center fielder in that way. Yeah. So he's cool. Um, But yeah, a lot of cool, interesting baseball things going on right now. Yeah. And and just looking at the team, the the team leaders and stats, I mean, this is this is kind of an interesting thing for Angel fans like myself because this is where we always felt like we wanted to get to this point. So as, as many home runs as the Yankees have hit, have the Angels are the league leaders with one more home run than the Bronx Bombers at 45. You go Taylor to, Ward came out. I, I was a yeah, uh, big yeah, I was Taylor one, Ward guy. We talked about Taylor Ward on the last episode, and then sure enough, I was casually watching the I think the Angels game on Tuesday, and he didn't start, but he was pinch hit, and then or he came in for a pinch hit and hit a home run. I mean, dude is just crazy hot right now. Jared Walsh is playing really well right now. I mean, the the team overall for the Angels is is built to succeed. I think really what it will all depend on for them is when does when or does the pitching run out of gas. You know, does the pitching run out of gas? I mean, yeah, and that's... And, and the and the thing is like so. Reed Detmers throws the the no hitter uh, on uh, I believe it was two Tuesday night over the Rays, and it was awesome. You know, first first uh, no hitter for the Angels in like over. 20 seasons or something like that. But Reed Detmers also came in and has now the record for highest ERA of a pitcher who has thrown a no-hitter in a start. So Isn't, And Detmers is still pretty young, right? Like he's still uh, he's, like, He was our draft pick. Comes from the University of Miami of Ohio. He is our, he's a rookie. You know, he's a rookie that threw a no-hitter. So, like, great upside to him, right? And it's um, um, it's awesome to see. But, yeah, there, there definitely are some – there are some fault in the stars there. There are definitely some things with the bullpen that I like to see. But, yeah, it, it, it's very natural, and I get where you're coming from. Because as an Angels fan, it is so damn natural to be like, all right, all right, seen this a hundred times before. When does the bullpen drop a dookie on the mound and then we lose by, like, you know, 12 runs to the Astros when we give up seven in the fifth inning or some shit, you know? Like, when when is that going to happen? Because it, it, it's bound to. It feels like it is. I will eat my words when they prove me otherwise. But, yeah, they're, they're, that is very reasonable suspicion to have to be weary of what maybe happens with the Angels' bullpen. But I'm going to ride the fucking wave while, we, while I got it. Well, I mean, the bullpen is a worry, don't get it twisted, but I also think you guys could probably use another starting arm just to keep things honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, and, and Sho- Shohei has been great, don't get me wrong, this year. Shohei's been fantastic as a pitcher, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's he's gotten, he's a little cold as a batter. He's just started to get his a couple home runs in. He actually, ironically enough, two games ago against the Rays, that was uh, he hit a home run. That was his first at Angel Stadium. He then proceeded to give the fans a second home run in the game as well. So, I mean, he, he, he's coming around, but it was a very, like, an eye-opening stat. You're like, oh, wow, I guess it had been, you know, we're 32 games in and it took him that long to hit a home run in Angel Stadium. So yeah, everything everything is coming around. I think uh, Cindergar has been great for us. Detmers is there. Lorenzen had a kind of a cool off start uh, in in the previous series when he or when he lost to the Rays. 
but I was happy to see Lorenzen coming along very nicely for us. So no, no reason to press the panic button, but it's very clear with the Yankees and the Astros that like the Angels are in this territory. It's like, hey, like congrats, y'all are good again. But like you have to keep this fucking going. Don't slow up because like you're you're in prestigious company now. Yeah. Uh, so. I will say because I've I've been thinking about where one uh, uh one specific Oakland A's pitcher is going to end up because I still think he's going to be traded at the deadline. Man, the Angels can get a deal for Frankie Montes. Uh, that would be a very very shrewd trade. Um, he's he's got to be getting dealt here soon. He's he's just about at the end of his rookie deal. Um, so and I mean this is a guy that finished sixth in the Cy Young voting uh, in twenty twenty one. Um, not the hottest start in the world, 3.77 ERA, uh, over seven starts, um, but uh, has pitched more innings and uh, started more games. Or, well, he's pitched more innings than uh, any other MLB pitcher so far, so he's at least uh, he's throwing. Yeah, um, and, and one thing that your your boy from um, that we got from the Braves, RGM, Perry uh, Manasian, has, has done pretty well. Is he, he's, been, he's been decently aggressive in, in, in terms of, like, the rumors I'm hearing of things that what he wants to do, and I, I would not put it past Perry to you know go make a move before the trade deadline if he sees like, hey, if we need a guy in the rotation, because per- Perry's big thing that I give him credit for is he said like, hey, my first season in, we're in win now mode. Well, that was last year, Perry, and we didn't go win now mode. So now he's he's trying to make up for that, and I think he he knows he has to stay aggressive to keep his job and keep Angel fans happy. So I would not be surprised to go see us make a big, big move. My question, though, is is what do the Angels trade to get that, right? Because it's almost like the offense is gelling so nicely. I don't want to see anybody go. But that very well, Ev, could be your boy Taylor Ward going to the A's if that were Well, you, you know who it could be? You know, Dom, uh... You know, the, the Angels double-A team, I don't know if you know what they're called. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Correct. My Rocket City Trash Pandas. Yes. Um, coming out of Madison, Alabama, um, they've recently put some guys up for y'all. Um, not to mention, too, that you have Sam Bachman waiting in the wings. Uh, that's a guy I always see getting talked about on the Trash Pandas uh, uh uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Twitter. I mean, obviously, that's double A. He probably still needs to go up. But you guys, I mean, w- basically, my point being, there's some prospects there. The Trash Pandas is probably going to be depleted if you guys wanted to trade for a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the A's is that they will take that. The A's don't need a good player right now. Like, they're like, fuck it. Like, our season's bunk. Mm-hmm. So let me just get, you know, let's just get out of here. Yeah. Um, and, don't, and don't think for a second that, that the Angels would need to see that guy or a couple of the, some of these prospects go to Salt Lake where their AAA affiliate is, they will pull them right from Rocket City. They will take yeah. them from Double A. That that is yeah, it's more it's more common more common nowadays than ever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you've got you know you've got some pitchers that you could throw their way. You know, like a Kai. I'm looking at your top prospects right now. Like a Kai Bush. He's a 2024 ETA. He's 22. Fourth overall prospect, not your number one pitching prospect. You know, you've got two shortstops between Errol Vera and Kyron Paris that are also 2024 guys that, you know, I mean, you've got two guys at that position, right? Mm-hmm. Denzer, Denzer Guzman is another guy, 2025 shortstop. So, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that, 
you go to the A's with the prospects. I mean, that's all they want. Right. Is you just go to them and you say, hey, do you guys want Jansen Junk? That's a real name. <laughs> Good <laughs> stuff. Do you guys want? Do you guys want Mason Albright? You know, do you guys want? <laughs> do you guys want these guys? And uh, right. you know, and, and and go win now mode. Fuck it, fuck it. Let's go. Let's party, Ace. Let's go, yeah. Halos. Yeah. I, I, hey, listen. T- take take a page from your NFL brethren in the city of Angels, the Rams. Go go win now. Go win a World Series. Uh, I love it. But yeah, we'll 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 be curious to see there too. We can move on from the Angels. I don't want to drown out the rest of the podcast with this Angel talk because we I could do it all day. But I think some fans are probably like, all right, Dom, let's shut the hell up. You've talked about the Bills and the Angels enough. Let's move on to Evans soccer corner. That's correct. And Dom Evans Soccer Corner is focused around one guy today. And his name is Erling Holland. Uh that nope. is Holland. <laughs> Uh, Erling Holland. Anyone that's watched soccer, uh, that watches like European pro soccer or just Mm -hmm. soccer on a major level, uh, has heard of this guy. This guy has been a freak um, for the past like three or four years since he started to make a name for himself. um, In uh, he was originally in um, he was like with RB Salzburg, which is an Austrian team. he was basically that's like how he started to make his name um but then he went to Dortmund uh you know we all know Borussia Dortmund you played with Borussia Dortmund on a on FIFA you know or whatever this man dude he is now moving to Manchester City for a grand total of I believe 140 million dollars um Manchester City has their premier striker uh fun fact about this guy is that his dad actually played for Man City as well uh so that's kind of cool this guy's from Norway by the way he plays for the Norland Norway national team um here's the thing this guy's debut on this like on the on the circuit you know like on the like oh we have to pay attention to this guy a single match at the under 20 year old world cup in 2019 nine goals 90 minutes one goal per 10 minutes so you're like okay well he does that like you're like okay that's pretty impressive don't get it twisted but is he like actually like you know i mean anyone could have one crazy game how good is this guy mm-hmm. so over the past four seasons from 2019 onward this man has played uh, or we'll go 2018 onward. We'll okay. go, or no, no, yeah, or yeah, 2018, 2019 onward. Basically, since this man has been playing for Red Bull Salzburg, and then now he's at Borussia Dortmund. This man has played 82 games. This man has scored 78 goals. He basically scores every game. The only guys to ever do that really at the at the top levels, like this guy's been playing in, are Messi and Ronaldo. Like those are the levels that we're talking about right now. This is arguably the best striker in the world. He's in the conversation. You know, there's there's guys that I would say are better, but he's in the conversation, and he is 21 years old. He turns 22 in July. Um, and he is about to be in the Premier League in England, um, and he is about to be – I'm just – I'm bringing – the reason why Evan Soccer Corner is focused on this guy is literally just if you haven't heard his name now, you can say that – you, you, heard, you heard before it got big. Before he became the jersey that you saw like while you were out to dinner at Longhorn. Like somebody's just wearing a jersey. <laughs> like how you'll see a messy jersey randomly. You know, like just these random messy jerseys or Ronaldo right. jerseys or whatever. So He will be the new random jersey you see out at the dinner. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take that. 
Manchester City was eliminated in the Champions League again. Um, they're basically never going to win a Champions League title, it seems. I mean, it seems like they're destined to never win a Champions League. They got this guy now. I mean, I don't know how they don't do it, but we've said that before with them. So, just want to bring up Erling Holland. He's uh, just an absolute brick shit house. He looks like a Terminator because um, he has, like, no eyebrows, and he's got, like, these huge lips. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, my God. He I looks very it. weird. Um, he looks very weird, but he is a absolute freak. And he's also like, he famously like wore a shirt out to party in Europe when he was like 18 that said, I believe it may have said, I love, and, and, and hear, and, and hear me out on this. Uh huh. I believe the shirt may have said, I love black pussy. I, mm, okay. Yeah. It's a real image. Yeah, like I've got it right here. I've, I'm looking at it. Um, it may not be him. It may not be him, but everyone is convinced it's him. But um, I mean, so he doesn't. He you know he doesn't discriminate. He doesn't, you know, and we support him. Uh, he also, well, in that same vein, he also like like basically like made. I remember he made like a bunch of jokes when he was like 17 about Donald Trump, like not for or against him. And then everybody in the world was like, hey, you know, let's like trash this 17 year old from Norway. Right. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> you yeah, know, I just so doesn't I, even know, doesn't even know like a state, like doesn't know, couldn't name a state right. in the United States. Like, I just, so I just but, brought up a Google image of him. Um, and, and yeah, that definitely takes some time to Google image uh, Erling Holland because he, he very much is, he looks like an extra from the Netflix show Vikings. Like he looks like he could have also been a, an extra there. And he does the slicked back weird hair and shit. I mean, he is very, very remarkable. And uh, he's been insane at Borussia Dortmund. And uh, he will be really crazy at Man City as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, uh, you you know, dropping that seed now. Get on, hey, get on the Erling Holland train. You, like Evan said, you could be the first. You could say, hey, I knew about the, it. The early Holland train how about that i like that and and you know early early and you can credit down and out for helping you jump on the bandwagon before it's even a bandwagon there correct and if you want to support us because we're so good to you because we've done so fucking much for you uh so much you could go follow us on twitter at down and out podcast uh d-o-w-n-n-o-u-t-p-o-d-c-a-s-t um you know, follow us. We'll share new episodes. We'll tweet at you. We'll answer questions. We'll just have fun. We'll just have a good time, y'all. Um, and so, the other thing you can do besides that, other ways to support us, which I actually got a uh, good text slash question from my buddy Wade. Uh, shout out to Wade Boulet, uh, our homie uh, from Montana, who was like, hey, man, um, how do I actually give a review? Because I was going on there and I didn't see anywhere that I could do that. So, this is how you do that. You go to our page, you go to the down and out like home page on Spotify. Uh, this is for Spotify specifically, anyways. I believe Apple Music is still it's just got the stars right in front, you know. Right, you yeah. Still a- Apple, I think it, it puts your it's it's sta- it stares you right in the face. But if you go to the down and out page, uh, you will see a three dots. Like if you're looking at the if you're looking at like the 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 image for our podcast and it says down and out and it says Dom Tibbetts, you know, that's like the top of it. 
if you go to the three dots, it will give you the option of rate show. And uh, and if you hit rate show, you'll be able to give a rating. And five stars is what we shoot for. So please give us one of those. Yeah, please do. That would mean that mean that's a great question, Wade, because that's probably something that that uh, we needed to clarify in case for those who don't necessarily see it. It isn't as obvious as Apple, but we are a five star podcast right now, and like again, just cannot appreciate everybody who listens, supports, and 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 gives us the that that kind of rating. It, it will pay off in the long run as me and Evan try to make down and out into what we envision it to be. And when we do that, you know who else we're gonna bring along with us is JD Masters and Buddha, man the here's our intro outro music you're hearing it right now so go show them some love too on youtube soundcloud anywhere you stream music anywhere you stream our podcast you can find them as well friends of the program friends of ours folks thank you so much for tuning in we hope to be back on a more consistent schedule thank you for always being so patient with us and supporting us it means the world but until next time this has been down and out arriba derji Later. The offer cause I wanna grind like cars and give the trophies to my mama Make him sweat like a sauna Cause act like I can't Then I'ma spit like a llama Take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga So check me out, fill me up and watch me bounce Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse Switch places, change faces, now Buddha runs a house Trust hip-hop more than bitches, so I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my God feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling Man in the mirror, doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again, but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow Besides, find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.